0: All right, friends, Luke has established that Jesus is son of God. He's written it all down, introduced us to characters like Elizabeth and Zechariah, Mary, Gabriel, and Joseph. Characters in God's story designed to heal the world. Miraculous conceptions, the births of John and Jesus. Shepherds witness and angels sing. They sing about the one raised by Joseph, Who was, Luke tells us in his genealogy, son of Heli, son of Moses, son of Amos, son of David, of Jesse, of Obed, son of Boaz, of Jacob, of Isaac, son of Abraham, of Shem, of Noah, of Seth, son of Adam, son of God. This story of testing of temptation is meant to teach us, what it means for Jesus to be son of God. This story is about identity. First it's the engagement with Satan that is shared with us to prove that Jesus is the anointed and the appointed one. Jesus is the promised Messiah, the one called and commissioned to do battle with the devil and win. Jesus will win this contest with the devil, who will slink away, Luke tells us, and wait for another opportunity. And at the end of our Lenten journey, we'll come to understand how Jesus defeats Satan again as he defeats death itself. Second, Jesus is tested or tempted in the same ways as his people. He's in the wilderness for 40 days. His people were in the wilderness for 40 years. He's hungry and tempted to turn a stone into bread. They're hungry and God gives them manna or bread from heaven. When they're thirsty and tired, the Israelites build a golden calf and worship it. The devil tempts a tired and thirsty Jesus to idolatry as well. Worship him, Satan and all the kingdoms of the world will be laid at his feet. When Israel is fleeing Egypt and are out in the desert, they test God. They say, did you really bring us out here to die? Rather than trusting God's provision, the devil tempts Jesus to throw himself down off the temple to see if God will provide a safety net. Can you feel that similarity there? Third, Luke wants us to see the humanity of Jesus through this story. While wandering in the wilderness, while wading in the wildness, if you will, Jesus is not alone. He's accompanied by spirit. The very breath of God is right there with him. Jesus is quoting Deuteronomy in his battle with Satan. Scripture is his teacher, helping him to understand the nature of God and the relationship that God has with God's people. It's because Jesus knows whose he is that he knows who he is. This text is about identity and it's located in the Jewishness of Jesus, whose people would have prayed the Shema almost every day at every religious moment. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one the Lord alone, you shall love your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Jesus is fully human and Jewish, a particular human who loves the God who loves him with his heart, with his soul, with his might, with his intellect. One writer in my research reminds me that Jesus faithfully resists temptation to do less than or other than he was called to do. Let me say that again. Jesus resists the testing to do less than or other than he was called to do. So this story is about Christology. Our Jesus, our Jesus is fully human and fully divine. And therefore it is a lesson for all of us who are human it is a lesson for all of us who are human to be fully humans being who are fully called to be. Don't be other than you are. Don't be less than you are. Don't be more than you are. Be who you are is one of the lessons from this text. You and me, We are not God. We are not gods. We're folded into the life of the holy, called by God to be part of the unfolding drama of saving the world. And since we're a community of artists, I'll say this. We're called to know our role, to know our lines, and to hit our mark as we understand our inspiration. It's been a little theatrical when I wrote that. I think, friends, we are often tempted. We are often tested about what it means to be human, like Jesus, human, like we're called to be human. We're tested by idolatry. Some of us make little totems to worship, celebrities or celebrity. Likes, followers, recognition, fame. We see the kingdom of wannabe laid out before us and it is just calling our name. I'm so capable of being tested this way. And for me, it goes like this I'm scrolling through the stuff and I see a list of Black books to be read by, written by Black women. And I think to myself, Why isn't my book on that list of black books to be read this month? Did I miss something? Did I not do something? Is my book black enough to be on that list? Is my book black enough written by a black woman for all the people? Is it black enough in racist times, stressful times like this to show up on those lists? I who feel super called all the time to work against racism and for the flourishing of Black people. I don't think it's hoobers for me. I really don't. But I think it's that since I was a little child surviving a wound, I want to get that A plus. Ask John. I want the A plus about the toast, about the coffee, about the salmon. Is it right? Is it flavorful? Like I want to get the A and I'm not stingy about it. There are enough A pluses to go around. Everybody can have an A plus. I just want one. I really do. Or I feel as though I have failed. I didn't go the distance. I didn't do the thing. I didn't show up the best possible way. This is childhood stuff, y'all. I felt called to work against racism since I was almost nine years old and Dr. King was killed. Am I doing what I'm supposed to do? I'm always asking this question. And I can feel so much like I failed every time someone is hurt while being Black. When those African students can't get on a train in the Ukraine, I'm asking myself, what am I supposed to do? And and stuff can take me back to 13. I'm awkward, I got on a training bra, I got an overbite, and I'm trying to find my way to be me, trying to prove myself to myself and to God. It's a text like this that reminds me, Jackie, you're just supposed to be Jackie. You're just Jackie. You are not God. You are a human being. Listen to God's call on your life, Miss Day, and do that. Trust that. Lean in to that. How about you, friends? Is there any place in your life where you struggle with this kind of test about how to be human like God has called you to be human? Take a breath. What is it for you? And how can this journey get you closer to you you're called to be? That's one kind of test. Sometimes we're tempted to test God not to prove ourselves to God, but for God to prove themselves to us. If I don't wear a mask, if I don't get inoculated, if I don't take care of my body, if I don't sleep and rest, if I don't take Sabbath, if I don't feel all my true feelings, if I don't cry when I need to, laugh when I need to, if I don't dig down into my authentic child of Godness, it's okay, it's God will take care of me. God will save me from myself. Except, um, no, that's not actually how it works. God needs us to partner in our healing, to partner in our wellness. God needs us to love our bodies, our souls, our hearts, to love our flesh, to love our flesh, as Baby Sug's Holy says, and to love it hard. God needs us to love God with all we have, with heart, soul, mind, and strength, to love our neighbors with all we have, and to love ourselves with everything we have so we can love our neighbors, so we can love God. We miss this particular calling. We have a shared project with God, y'all. Our thriving, our surviving, our flourishing, and the flourishing of humanity and planet depends on us, loving us, loving us. God actually isn't gonna do that for us. We are not God, but we are in God's image. We are not God, but we are, the psalmist says, created a little less than God. And God did not make any mess. So we don't get to let ourselves, we don't get to shut on ourselves, we don't get to, you know, poop on the image of God. We are splendidly, awesomely, wonderfully made in God's image. The temptation is to delegate that loving of ourselves to others and no, no, honey, no, that's not gonna happen. It starts with us. It starts with us. We are partners with God in the healing of the world like Jesus, human and called to lean on the spirit, to equip ourselves with scripture and study, to contemplate as we wander in the wildness what God wants from us to join love of self and neighbor as a cohesive and coherent program. And that means as we wade in the wilderness, we need some quiet time. We need some peaceful moments to fuel our work in the movement of love and justice we're, we're building. We need some time to center in, to find our true self, what Donna Winnicott calls our true self what Richard Rohr calls our true self, to acknowledge the deep beauty of that self, that beauty and worth of that self that is loved unconditionally by the Holy One that exists outside of judgments and evaluations and which list of books we're on or not. We need to love that self fiercely with non-possessive delight, unconditional regard, and full acceptance of that self as a gift from God to the universe. Can you feel into that, my love? Is this a test you do? Are you tempted here? And how can this Lenten journey help you to be better in this moment about receiving your body, your soul, your heart, your foibles, your good stuff, your bad stuff, your broken parts, your shiny parts, all as superpowers, as gifts from God to use with God in the healing of the world that starts with you. And sometimes, finally, we're tempted and tested to climb to the highest height of our privilege and power, to use it to decide for all the other folks down there about what's right and what's wrong. White is right. And because white is right, redistricting is right. Redlining housing is right. Drawing boundaries to keep poor children in poor schools with poor nutrition is right. Robbing the earth of what you need to be wealthy is right, power over people to gain territory and status is right, invading a sovereign nation is right, supporting a despot because you believe he'll make a Christian global community is right, it's right for white people to get out of the war zone but to make black folks wait at the border in lines, languish at the border, die at the border, rather than resettle all the people. It's right to make refugees out of white people, but not Haitian people. (sighs) White is right, but not only that, straight is right. Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve is still right. Two genders is right. Forcing a woman to have a child is right. We are tempted, tested to believe that we have the best insight as to what God wants for the world. And we are just, all of us, students on a journey. An ethical life, a moral life is learning how to see, learning how to give up indifference and to see that we are inextricably connected one to the other. And I only find out what's good for human by finding it out with you together, pilgriming together, journeying together through the wild, trusting that God speaks many languages and, Tests us in this way, to ask ourselves always what love got to do with this? And what would love have me do? In this season of Lent, I want us to be inspired, friends, by Jesus, Yeshua ben Joseph, son of Mary, son of Joseph, son of David, of Noah, of Shem, of Adam, son of God, son of God, like you and I are children of God. We will be tempted, we will be tested in so many ways. And I think those tests are put in our way to help us be human, to be better being human better, kinder, more connected to the world around us, to each other, being advocates for a just society, being patient and kind, being our true, gentle, loving, God-like selves. So let's watch Jesus for a little while on these 40 days as we wander in the wilderness, as we wade in the wildness, Let's see what tools, let's see what tools we can glean together about what it means to be human on the planet in partnership with the divine. May it be so.